anyway. Think of how bendy you'd be. I, I, I'm bendy enough. <laughs> There's a shirt for you. I'm bendy enough. The Steve Spears story. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Brad in L.A. And Spearsy. And today we will change things up again, just in time for Pitchers and Catchers. It's time to get supernatural on the music from another year in the 1980s. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by The 80s Cruise. Join Brad and me in 2023 for a week-long trip back in time aboard the Royal Caribbean Navigator of the Seas. Performers will include Devo, Brett Michaels, Kim Wilde, The Church, Howard Jones, Living Color, Jody Watley, The Smithereens with special guest vocalist Marshall Crenshaw, Vixen, Cutting Grew, Midjor, Autograph, more to be announced. Hey, and first-time guests, that's you. You can get $200 of cabin credit just by using the promo code STUCK when booking. Now, your mission. Go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. I think I've made that clear, right? God damn it! That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. Wow. That's kind of a terrifying start to the show. I just want to get people's attention. Mission accomplished, Spearsy. Anyway, this is kind of an odd start. I do the intro, then you steer the car into oncoming traffic. Should we explain what's going on here? Yes. So back when Brad in L.A. was still Brad in New York, we did a show. I think it was over the summer, and it was called The Change-Up because I think we were just getting lazy and we wanted an easy show or something along those lines. And so we randomly picked a year from the 80s, and we decided to replace the most overplayed songs of that particular year with lesser-known tunes that people should listen to instead. I think it's episode 605, right? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, that would hit right about the right. Yes, I think that's right, Steve. <laughs> and then we drank a bottle of bourbon. We ate hundred dollars worth of deli food. Yes, um, we did. It was delightful. And then we the meat we probably, sweats were well worth it. God, there's nothing like a pastrami sweat. Oh, you, you know, you can use it to season your popcorn. It's so salty. Oh God, that's more I needed to know. We did 1982 back then. Uh, let's spin the wheel and see what year we're going to do this week. Oh, we get to spin the wheel up front? I love this concept. Okay, here we go. There we go. Nicely done. When was the last time you had pastrami? I had some on Thursday. I haven't had any since I was in New York, actually. I'm kind of spending a lot of time in New York has turned me into a total pastrami snob. There's only a couple places in L.A. that I'll eat it, and there's no place close to me. So 
I'd rather eat no pastrami than bad pastrami. Okay, well, after Brad's tale of meat, we find that we've landed on the year 1986. Okay. Ooh. 1986. So we would have been second half of our freshman year in college, beginning of our sophomore year. That's right. And we were none of a 19. 19. <laughs> Was the drinking age in California still 21 at that point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In Florida, it had changed from 19 to 21, but certain people got grandfathered in, like if you turned 19 by a certain date. Uh, that was not That was not me, but mm. I had enough friends that did get grandfathered in, so there you go. either they would be my, my beer mule, or <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I found one guy who looked, he looked close enough to me that I paid him off to... to use his driver's license there you go yeah yeah and i drove to the driver's license bureau to get him a new one or we you know he went there and got a new one so and the whole way there and back we he quizzed me on you know what year was i born what year were you born you know what uh what town do i live in what county is that where is that in florida but for the record his name was ron minkoff (laughs) funny and he lived in the Jacksonville area. I remember okay. that. Okay. As, <laughs> as, as one does. And I, I'm sure that that, that uh, license is long gone. But he had a mustache and feathered hair. I had a mustache and feathered hair. And that's it's all you need to person. know. Yeah, that's, that's enough. I mean, back in the day, uh, you know, you could, it was well known that there were certain areas of Orange County where the liquor stores would sell to anybody with a pulse and cash. So you would make your way there if you needed to. I had an older sister who was clear of the drinking age at that point so you know if need be i could always rely on her to uh, pick things up for me did she but did she ever object did she say well you know i'm okay buying you beer but i'm not buying you uh like grain alcohol i never really pushed her for anything beyond beer if i remember maybe wine coolers i don't know but no it was not a i never got shot down i'm sure she'll <laughs> correct me uh if i'm wrong but i don't think she ever said no she took the money and did me a solid there was a gas station near where I lived that would always sell to me without any question. And I remember going there one night before a party, a big party with a lot of people from school. And I bought a case of beer, which at the time seemed like like a, a major investment. Worth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was a, it was a lifetime worth of beer for a for a cashing in your retirement account to buy things put into perspective of the day. Anyway, and I bring it back to the house where the party's at. I may have told this story before in the podcast, but it feels like I want to tell it again. And I, I march in with the case of beer, like a suitcase on my shoulder. Yeah. Like and everyone's just kind of giving me the death stare. Like, whoa. I'm like, I am here with the beer. And then right around the corner. Steve step, Spears. <laughs> right around the corner, step to uh, Clearwater City Police Department. Uh, oh, no. And like, ah, excellent, sir. And so, so I had to go into the kitchen. So they they brought me into the kitchen and um, forced me to to open every beer and pour it down the drain. And oh, you're kidding me! No, I mean, oh I suppose- my gosh, that's amazing in the <laughs> most awful possible interpretation of the word. And I'm not making this up. The, the gathered crowd around me started humming the battle hymn of the Republic as I was doing it. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. What why were the cops there? It was a teenage party and it, it got oh, so big that the neighbors had, had someone yeah. had called it in, huh? Yeah. 
not totally unusual. I would say half the parties that we went to eventually got busted. Eventually got breaking up, yeah. But, I mean, nobody ever got arrested that I know of. Everyone, The cops would show up. Everyone would be scared shitless and go yeah. running or, or just... You guys need to quiet it down. You, everyone go home. And people yeah. are like, oh, I, I don't want to get arrested. Don't call my parents. You know, <laughs> right. I'm out. Yeah. That, that was life in the suburbs of Florida. I'm sure they're not much different today. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Anyway, back to 1986. Before we get started with the songs, I think we have some unfinished business to do. We do. It's time for... The Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? It's all part of the change-up ethos here. We're having our (laughs) dessert first. Yeah, I like having my dessert first. Is it weird that I confessed to you that before the show started I had cookies and milk? (laughs) I mean, I like cookies, and I drink a lot of milk with, well, I guess I eat milk with my cereal. I don't really drink glasses of milk anymore. It's weird that we were recording this podcast in the afternoon, and if it were an evening podcast, chances are I'd have a bourbon next to me. But nope, I have cookies and milk. Cookies and bourbon. <laughs> mm. Right kind of cookie, so, that could be okay. Well, it was a, um, no, it was a, it was a Girl Scout cookie or some, of some sort. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. I almost forgot what it was for a second. I was staring at the screen looking for a clue, and I didn't write it down. Oh, you guys, we had to dig deep to figure out what was next. Like we've, I know we complained about this last show. Like, wait, what segment are we on? I don't even remember. Oh, I'm going to have to do forensic analysis to figure out what the last one we need to do is. Yeah. It was just, it was just bad timing. It hit right around the holidays, and sometimes we just don't feel like that. it's a show that needs seggies, and you don't need to know all this stuff. You just want to know who won. <laughs> Anyway, this is the segment where we play a clip from a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the postal-friendly bottle opener. Hmm. That sounds not as much fun to say when you're not somewhat lit. <laughs> mm, well, you know, maybe go get a quick snort. I don't know. There's, it just feels like uh, my blood sugar levels at improper status. Anyway, from episode 625, here's the mystery clip. Well, you better not be trying any funny business out there. Rump hot. You watch your mouth, mister. That's from The Natural. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. You, you know how I pick these seggies, Brad? I sit here at work you know, during the day, and I usually watch 80s movies in the background just to kind okay. of keep my mind occupied. And the given, any given week, whatever I'm watching nonstop becomes the mystery movie moment. So yeah, this makes week, sense. I, it was The Natural. So. I thought maybe it was a commentary on the Major League Baseball lockout that was still in full swing at that time. You know, I didn't even know there was a lockout until like <laughs> two days ago. Yeah, no, like, wait a minute, why didn't spring training start? Well, there's no there's no spring training in Orlando anymore. The, the Braves moved away, mm. so it's kind of off my radar. Yeah. So, well, it's, you know, anyway, they're back. Good. <laughs> they're back. They'll play. It's a thing. It's a happening. I got rid of live TV, so I won't watch any games anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, we had some winners. We Are they did. All men. It seems like they might be. Uh, looks looks pretty likely. Yeah. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Winners this week include Darren in Ukaipa, Gordon Shumway, Brian Davis, Todd in Minnesota, Joseph Perdue, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis in Tijuana, Mexico, Dougie Fresh from Frisco, Texas, Brock in North Dakota, David Wilson, Dave. Dave's not here. Dr. Jean-Marc Bovee in St. Louis, Josh Massey, and Stuart O. in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Now, Nicely look, done. let me just say, this Dave's not here thing, that's what the guy signs his email as, so that's what I do. It's not like we had David Wilson, who then also wrote Dave, Dave's not here. It's just a weird sequencing of Davidness there. Yeah. 
for the most part, whatever you write down, that's what we're, we're going to put down in the notes. Try and put it down there unless it's like, you know, something really scatological or rude. Oh. Yeah, well, test us, you know, put something weird in there and see Please if we don't. say <laughs> Please no, don't. No, by all means. Get, make it really personal and offensive to Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one way to not have your name read. So definitely one way not to win. But uh, anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's uh, mystery clip. Why the plastic? I didn't want to get any stains on the seat. What stains? I'm sorry, Raleigh. No loose ends. So that's what I've been watching this week. There you go. I go back and forth between uh, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix. You can even watch some free movies on YouTube, but they have yeah, that's true. A lot of times they're yeah. Yeah. They're injected with commercial breaks, but eh, if it's work, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm not paying attention. I mean, I'm just, I'm only listening out of the, you know, with one corner of my, one quarter of my brain. You know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's good for you to be exposed to that ad for that Time Life Books series of uh, AM Radio Gold or whatever they're selling this week. I miss those. In any case, if you know the answer, email us at podcast at sat80s.com and tune in and God only knows how long to find out if you're a winner again. <laughs> Ah, uh, the mystical refrain that is name that '80s tune. I think we asked for a new intro to this, and like, I, I think maybe one or two people replied, and yeah, and so I'm, here we are. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's a classic for a reason. It works, so we use it. Yeah, some things have just been said so many times that they mean everything and nothing at the same time. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. So, going back to episode six twenty five, here was our mystery clip. That's Paul Young with Love of the Common People. But you know she'll get by Cause she's living in the love of the common people Spar from the heart of a family man Daddy's gonna buy you a dream to cling to Mama's gonna love it just as much as she can Ah, Paul Young. He was such a, a great cat to hang out with on the cruise. Yeah, yeah, he really was. I, I think you picked this right after we found out he was going to be our trivia guest. So We did. I did. Um, it's a cover, and he talked about it on the cruise. He talked about a lot of the uh, why he picked the covers he he chose over the years. You know, so, yeah. so many soul classics. But he also talked about why he covers Joy Division's "Level Tears Apart," which that caught me off guard when he played that. It seemed so un Paul Young like. Uh, yeah, and yet, and yet, there it is. Yeah, he did a nice job with it. I really like that. I hope he comes back on a future cruise. Uh, if not, don't forget check out his band El Pacaminos, Pex Mex band. He's he's really he's really uh, passionate about it. It's definitely worth checking out. Did you know and, why they call themselves the Pacaminos? I do. It's a play on words on packing them in. Yep. So he, he told us that behind the yeah behind, behind the screen. It was yep. super super secret stuff. Now yep. you know it. It's like you were there. <laughs> We had some winners. Actually, some females won this time. <laughs> I think that breaks our streak. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, we were we were going on the all male, you know, sausage hang review here, but it's good to be back, folks. Here we go. Winners this week include Donnie Gettle rhymes with metal, Cliff from somewhere north of Detroit, Stuart Bernard from Down Under, Martino in Vancouver, Mr. Whiskey, Marlin from Rendon, Texas, Anne McNally, Terry in Perth. Jacqueline Quackenbush, Lou Sweet Lou Greeley, Greg from Kissamy, Kissa You, East Coast Alex, and Mike in Oz. 
Okay, spin that wheel again. Let's find out who takes home the postal-friendly bottle opener. Okay, I got to put the new overlay on it with all the names. And here we go. That's good. Yeah, you know, get a little upper body workout here. <laughs> oh, you should know. Everyone should know. Brad, Brad took the stairs everywhere we went on the '80s cruise. He never used the elevators. I rode the elevator with you once. Out of pity. And I rode the elevator with Matt once. <laughs> Not out of pity. Uh, looks like it's going to land on Ann McNally. You are this week's winner, so send us your postal address. Uh, Brad is you're going to be in LA for a little bit. I mean, maybe I sure we'll hope get so. Out of time, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I never know really what's happening in my work life, but as of right now, I should be home for a little while. I got offered a press trip to go to Amelia Island, which is in Florida. Okay. Um, for four days. Now, anyone who knows Amelia Island knows it's a lovely place. <laughs> uh, here, very here laid it back. Comes. Here it comes. But. Very, very laid back and, and very in touch with nature. But nobody has any business being there for four days. And they were putting us up in a hotel that was uh, uh, not quite the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> Does every room come with a typewriter with a... All work and no play makes Spearsy a dull boy typed on the first line Something for you. Something like that. And and the pitch was, we want to pitch Amelia Island as a place where you can um, relax your mind and strengthen your body. And so already I'm like, I don't know. So they had they were like beach <laughs> yoga and oh. um, acrylic resin paint class or something like that. <laughs> oh, sounds fun. I want to go. No. So I, I sent a... Uh, Regretful RSVP. Like I will not be I, able to make it. I, I am afraid that previous commitments with my refrigerator and liquor cabinet will keep me from attending your fabulous weekend. Yeah. Plus, there was no plus one, so I'd have to go solo. For oh, no, that's not cool. Yeah. Throw me Trust a bone me. here, Amelia Island. <laughs> Sheesh. Lovely place, though. But but in four days uh, of yoga, no, not for me. <laughs> anyway, Think of how bendy you'd be. I, I'm bendy enough. <laughs> Here's a shirt for you. I'm bendy enough. The Steve Spears story. <laughs> oh, man. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery uh, tune. If you know it, email us at podcast.sits.com and tune in soon to find out if you too can go spend four days in Amelia Island doing paints and yoga. Mm. Kill me now. We'll be right back after this break. Michelob brings you the seven-day weekend, California style. In California, they don't follow trends, they set them. So people out here don't wait for the weekend to have a Michelob. They enjoy that smooth and mellow Michelob taste whenever and wherever they please. Put a little weekend in your week. Yeah. Hey, so we finally made it to the main part of the show. This is so weird. I, I feel like, but I feel like we're warmed up now. Yeah, it's kind of backwards. Yeah, but I also feel like I've told all my best stories and like all the laughs are going to go away now. That's okay. We could do our book report section, play the outro and get out. So here's how it's going to work. Brad and I have each picked two songs. They're from 1986. They are songs that you know by heart because they played on the radio nonstop or they played on MTV nonstop. Uh, they still play nonstop on adult radio. 
So our idea was to change things up and pick a different song from the same album or the same year and uh, celebrate that instead. Make sense to everyone? Give you something else to listen to instead of that yeah. same stuff that you hear on the radio all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those songs are comfortable and familiar and we love them. But sometimes, you know, you just, you've had enough pastrami and you want uh, corned beef. You know, see, now you've done it. You've launched me into a different direction. So we, we just passed St. Patty's Day, right? And so That's true. Uh, me and the missus were debating how to spend the day. And, and I said, well, you know, do you want me to make a corned beef or something <laughs> like that? Passed out drunk. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how it ended. But um, so what happened was she's like, no, I don't really want a corned beef. And I was like, well, what if we just ordered Reuben sandwiches from Uber Eats? She's like, no, that sounds great. Turns out. We didn't even want that. We ended up ordering the pastrami Rubens, which they call Rachel's here. So it's a Rachel sandwich, not a Reuben. What? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't understand you, Florida. I don't understand you. You could have a corned beef. You have a Reuben, but we choose to have a Rachel. But, uh, okay. Wh- that's, what, that's what they call them. Uh, the, I've never heard that before. But At Yield Florida Deli or wherever we ordered from. I also got matzo ball soup for the first time. That was interesting. Have I told you the matzo ball soup story of my house? My sister sent me a giant box of food from Katz's Deli. Like you can order for shipment, you know, like pastrami and corned beef and rolls and a and a bubka and uh, matzo ball soup. And it shows up. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So it was serving for dinner. And my son had had volleyball practice. He comes downstairs from getting cleaned up and he sits down to eat his soup. And he looks at me and he's like, why is there a muffin in my soup? <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, that's fair. Uh, never seen matzo ball soup before. Yeah. Seen it, never had it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay, song number one. Cast your mind back to, to 1986 when you heard this song on Endless Repeat on the radio. Say you, say me. Say it for always. That's the way it should be. Say You, Say Me, as we've talked about before in the podcast, was recorded by uh, Lionel Richie for the film White Knights. It would win the Oscar and the Golden Globe for Best Original Song, even though it's only so used much in the... So much anger. So much anger. I know. I can't. It just drives me nuts. I, I, it's, it's an okay song. It's fine. You know what's weird, though? Damning it with faint praise. It's fine. It's not on the movie soundtrack album. What? Which is... It's not. Motown didn't want Lionel Richie's first single after the album Can't Slow Down to be on another label. Mm, okay. Well, it is the music business, not the music friends. The critics didn't like this song all that much either. They, I think it was the Washington Post called it silly and horrendously overexposed, which I think <laughs> is fair. <laughs> <laughs> and yet the Academy voters ate that shit up. That's just that's what they love. That's matzo ball soup for the uh, for the academy. Anyway, this is what song we should be celebrating instead. Spend a night in LA, just another chance to see just you and I. Wanted you. Deep 
Deep River Woman, released in December 1986. It was from his album Dancing on the Ceiling, and that familiar harmony you sound you hear in the background that's that's Alabama, who that's are huge. So crazy! I, yeah. I had never heard this song. I, okay, I just outed myself as having never owned a Lionel Richie album, and I can live with that. Uh, but I'd never heard this song until we started doing prep for this show. And I've, I'm on the record as saying country music was the music of my oppressors growing up in Western Oklahoma. But this has got this has got something else to it. I really like this. I I honestly think okay, it's it sounds great with Alabama as the backing vocals. But I think mm-hmm. if he had just if he'd played it as a straight R and B song, I think it would have been just as good. In fact, it may not have been so confusing to radio stations. Now, yeah, because they're like, well, is this a country song? Is this not a country song? It was number 10 on the charts for a country song. So that's kind of where they decided it should go. Yeah, I guess that's where it belonged. Yeah, number 71 on the Hot 100. Yeah, so by the time 1986 rolls around, I'm in California, and I've successfully closed the door on country music ever hitting my ears, so that's probably why I never heard it. Right. If you ever bought Lionel Richie's 2012 album Tuskegee, this song is included on that, too, Although the band doing the harmonizing is Little Big Town, hmm. so there you go. Nice. What's your first? Uh, what's your first change-up song? Cast your mind. It's 1986. Dance track comes on. Odds are, it's the Pet Shop Boys doing West End Girls. everything there is to know about the song and maybe you do i'm gonna run through it anyway it was the breakout single for the pet shop boys but i don't know if you realize this 1986 was the second time it was released they had done an original recording in 1984 it didn't get very far a little bit of club play here and there it was actually a a minor hit in belgium and france which you know i'm glad to see those two getting together over something but the re-recorded version from their debut studio album was Top 10 in the U.S. and the U.K. And uh, in keeping with what you either love or hate about the Pet Shop Boys, there's only one real instrument used in the whole song. You care to guess what that instrument might be, Steve? Um, it's not like a bass drum or something, is it? It's a cymbal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one cymbal noise. The traffic noises at the beginning of the track were recorded on a Walkman, like a professional Walkman, just outside the studio in the city of London, which I think is kind of fun. Uh, but the next time you, Steve, have a hankering for something from the Pet Shop Boys debut album, I think you should turn to Suburbia. Not just because I live there, Steve, because I do live in suburbia. Uh, the song was inspired by the 1984 movie Suburbia, which I, again, had never heard of. Are you familiar with this movie? Uh, I, I know of it only in relation to knowing about the history of this song. Okay. So the movie is directed by Penelope Spheris, who also directed The Decline of Western Civilization, just a seminal punk 
documentary that was shot in the early 80s. And she also directed Wayne's World, <laughs> which is a really weird kind of bookend here. I have not seen this movie, as mentioned, but thank you, Internet, so I can give you a quick outline. It's a story about a group of punk kids living in an abandoned tract house in Los Angeles. It's not a happy story. Nobody learns a valuable lesson before walking away into the sunset with their fist held high. But it does star a Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea. Nice. So it's got that going for it. Anyway, back to the song. Suburbia is the fifth single from Please, which is like, wow. How many albums released five singles in that era? Not a lot. Maybe three seems like the right well, number for most. I mean, from a band that was... Like from a debut album? From a debut album, I think that's a little odd. That's kind of crazy. I mean, they're not Michael Jackson. Come on. I think that the sarcasm and the humor in this song is on brand for Pet Shop Boys, but it's more relatable. I think we all understand what the suburbs are, whereas perhaps the subtleties of the East End and the West End of London are lost on us poor backwater colonists across the Atlantic. Uh, you know, it just, it's more, there, there's more to grab onto. Yeah, I agree. It, it is a great song. When they play it in concert, I've seen them once. And I mean, it's, it's a, it gets you off your chair. Um, I'm toying with the idea of whether or not to go see them. They're touring with New Order this fall. Oh, buy the ticket. Yeah, but the thing with the these kind of shows, I mean, I always worry that, you know, okay, we're here. We're going to play like two of our hits and then, and then 10 of our new songs. Mm, and, yeah. and Pet Shop Boys will do that to you sometimes. So you get, you I looked careful. at their most recent set list and it was like one third hits and then two thirds songs I didn't know. Okay. So, I mean, I think just to, to put a pin on this, the, the, the payoff lyric in this song is, I only wanted something else to do but hang around. Yeah. And that just rings so true. I mean, look, I live in the suburbs, and I can tell you it's a great place to raise kids. But if you talk to my kids, they might say it's not a great place to be a kid on some level, which is wow. the heart of the song, right? Like yeah. there's this dissatisfaction with the status quo. And I get it. My kids moved out. They're gone. <laughs> They're not coming back to where I live. Well, which, in look, a way, it's kind of freeing. But anyway, that's my opinion. Their their entire movie's based on that theme: over the edge, pump up the volume. Oh yeah, I mean, movies about the entire idea of. It's very easy yeah. to to find the dissatisfaction lurking beneath the, yeah. sur- the surface. I mean, if that's, the suburbs were all that, no one would leave. Yeah, the suburbs are great for people our age, for fifty somethings. They're not great for teenagers. No, they're soul crushing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now that we've crushed your soul, Steve, can you uncrush our soul? Yeah. Here's a song I really love from 86, but I don't need to hear it every day on the radio. Life in a Northern Town by the Dream Academy. And oh my goodness! I, yeah, I would say this is this is like a maybe one of twelve overplayed songs that I'm okay with hearing every day. But yeah, it, <laughs> it, I mean, it has charm. Absolutely, sure. it's got charm. But wow, I hear it a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, sure. hey, it's that English horn solo again. What do you know? <laughs> so it was their debut single from Dream Academy. It was released in and. March 85, it, it took a while to become a hit. It becomes a big hit in 86, obviously. It's written as an elegy to a British folk musician named Nick Drake, who was 26 years old in 1974 when he died uh, of an overdose of antidepressants, um, which 
some believe was suicide. Oh my gosh. I honestly I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. But his work was very influential to musicians and songwriters of that time in Britain, and his legend sort of grew after his death. I mean, remember, 1974 is the sweet spot for a lot of 80s musicians as far as when they're going through their teen years and they're getting yeah, inspired. Yeah, and they're picking up influences. Yeah, absolutely. Right. This, Which is why you hear so much David Bowie, Roxy Music, you know, and the sounds that we'd love from the 80s. Yeah. The band even bought one of Nick Drake's guitars. Hmm. That, that's how much they idolized the guy. Anyway, they record this song. The record company hates it. <laughs> what do those bastards know? <laughs> they feel it needs more drums. So they tell the so they tell Dream Academy, add the drums. Dream Academy says, get stuffed. <laughs> Not only no, but hell no. Releases it, and of course it becomes a gigantic hit. But is it really the end-all, be-all of Dream Academy? I think not. From the same album, here's another song that I think you'll find familiar, and I'll explain why in a bit. Edge of Forever, uh, from their same first album, released in 1975. You might remember this from towards the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is a song that plays under the dialogue towards the end as Ferris and and Cameron are starting to work stuff out in their heads, you know. I thought this was when Sloan, like he and Sloan were saying goodbye. That too. That whole, but the whole end. That whole end. Because I remember, yeah, what I always hear when I hear this song is Sloan's character saying, he's going to marry gonna me. going to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought this was a Howard Jones song that I had somehow missed. It does have that vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah. It has those kind of lyrics. It has that sound. The voice sounds like Howard Jones. Anyway, I was, I was surprised to hear this was Dream Academy. The song was released as a promotional single. It was on the soundtrack. This is one of two songs from Ferris Bueller's Day Off that Dream Academy has. The other one is obviously the cover of the Smiths. Please, please, please let me get what I want. Mm, so good. Where is the Dream Academy today? Well, they recorded three albums and called it quits. Now, they've, they've gotten back together a few times over the years for short tours and some one-off shows, but um, I'd love to see them live. But Maybe we could get a double bill of Dream Academy drama-rama for DR bands from the 80s that we need to hear more from. That'd be fun. Ah. Anyway, there you go. I, I'm telling you, I like, I like this song better, if that's possible. I, I think it is. I think it's, a, it's an interesting song. I like it. And yeah. maybe I like it because I've heard Life in a Northern Town so much. Yeah. When you listen to it, go call up the lyrics on Google and read along because they're, they're pretty amazing. Anyway, Brad, you're up. What's your final change-up song from 1986? Okay. Here we go. We've talked about Bananarama's cover of this song before. Let's listen to a little bit of their number one hit. I don't ever need to hear this song uh, again. Yeah, I mean, 
It, interesting to me is that Bananarama had been playing it for years before they finally convinced their producers to let them record it for an album, and turned out they knew what they were talking about. It was a number one hit. Do we ever need to hear that sound again? <laughs> I mean, okay, yes, she is a goddess. She's on the mountaintop. It's the summit of beauty and love, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Want something a little different, Spearsy? Have I got a deal for you? Come with me and give this track a listen. That's a trick of the night, which was I think the third single on the album. Uh, I like this better. Yeah, it's it's a mid tempo track. Look, you know, bear with me. I know when you think Bananarama, you think dance music and Cruel Summer, and this is not. This is closer to Cruel Summer than it is dance music. It's a lot less of the dance hall vibe than Venus or their, the other single off of True Confessions, more than physical. But I think there's a lot here to like. Uh, it opens with this great sax line. And we all know a great sax line establishes your 80s cred immediately. The, <laughs> the lyric is totally Spearsonian. When the day is over and the work is done, well, it's a different story as the darkness comes around. I tried to let you know you're going the wrong way. Wow. Right? And, and then you get to the chorus, and the chorus just wraps you in this sonic blanket. It just, I can't even describe the feeling that comes over me when you get to that chorus. For one thing, there are harmonies, which is really unusual. Most Bananarama songs are, are sung in unison. And there's some really nice production where the vocals are layered, and it just is really cool, chill vibe to it. Longtime listeners know of my maybe misplaced love for Bananarama. They have a place in my heart. Maybe, maybe misplaced love. <laughs> they have a place in my heart, even if they did dump the 80s cruise like a lousy boyfriend rather unceremoniously a few years ago. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, uh, I would say it's well documented, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the band actually named this their favorite song on the album, but it got pushed back behind more than physical as a single because the morons in A&R didn't think they could chart with a ballad. And it turns out they were right. A Trick of the Night peaked at 76 on the Billboard Hot 100. Although, to be fair, more than physical only made it to 73. Yeah. So I, I think this is worth a listen. This shows a little bit different side of Bananarama. Yeah. Now, for those of you out there who, who wonder why we picked these four, we just had a special connection with them. Did we consider other songs? We did. Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, we would replace it with uh, Red Rain or Mercy Street. The Bengals, Walk Like an Egyptian. Listen to Going Down to Liverpool instead. Mm. Yeah, the Katrina and the Wave song. Yeah. Robert Palmer, I didn't mean to turn you on. Try Trick Bag Ooh. instead. 80s cruise stalwart Berlin, instead of Take My Breath Away, why not spin up like flames? If you've seen them live, you've seen them do this song, and it's fantastic. It is fantastic. <laughs> the other thing I'll mention just briefly is if you – hear this list and think, wow, that's pretty poppy, you guys. Where's like the rock? Well, we started with the top 100 for the year, and that's going to be a pop chart. So, you know, you could you can cry, oh, gee, you should have found something from Bon Jovi to put on there, but everyone knows every song on that album anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, we hope you enjoyed our madcap adventure into the underbelly of 1986. Hopefully you'll find that our, our use of milk chocolate made us a slightly more coherent than our use of uh, Maker's Mark. Uh, but in the meantime, Brad and I will be stuck right here with our cookies and milk, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening.